Hello, this is David Metric, founder of Airbrook One, where we are reimagining how you can book and fly privately. With the big increase in popularity in flying private jets over the past couple of years, it's our hope that our listeners will learn many of the ins and outs of flying private jets. It's a very cool world, tough to break into, so let's get into it. So we just had a great conversation uh, with uh, Ron Diamond from Diamond Wealth uh, Investments. And it was interesting because we've been talking to people in industry and Ron's the first person we've spoken to who is out of industry, but uses private jet charter. So to hear some of what he looked at as important items um, as far as like using private charter was interesting, uh, you know, given, given you know, my background in real estate, his is, is similar as more on the investment side. But in the end of the day, it's all about time, uh, saving time, the, the value of time, if you will, not so much about what private jet charter costs or what a, what a commercial airplane costs. It's all about your time's the most expensive commodity that you have. Um, that's how I lived my life for 32 years. That's one reason why I fell in love with jet charter. So I'm really excited for y'all to listen to this conversation and to see from a, a user of private jet charter at the highest level, meaning they use it multiple times a month all year long, mostly for business. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. So let's get into this. Welcome to the Jetmetric Podcast. This is our third podcast. Very exciting today. We're going a little bit in a different direction out of in industry. And we have with us today, Ron Diamond from Diamond Wealth. Ron, how are you today? I'm terrific. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. This is great because uh, what we've been doing is talking to people in industry. We've had a pilot on. We've had uh, president of a jet car company on. And uh, a little bit, what we, we're trying to do here is introduce two things, really introduce people who aren't that familiar with flying privately into the industry, because it's kind of super cool. And a lot of people want to get into it and learn about it. And then the other side is kind of talking about recent news in industry, which is what we've been doing. So to have you on today, which I understand you are a user of private air, as are uh, many of your clients at, uh, at Diamond Wealth. Is that that's correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, so you want to give a little uh, quick bio background about yourself and, and company, what you do? Sure. I graduated Northwestern. I started my career at Drexel Burnham. I was there for a couple of years and Drexel imploded. I moved back to Chicago, started a hedge fund, ran the fund for 10 years, sold it, took a year off and started investing. And what I currently do is we represent about hundred family offices. These are families worth anywhere between 250 million to 30 billion. And we kind of act as a funnel. And we invest in the private sector, which would be private equity, venture capital, real estate, and credit. I also am on the advisory board of the Stanford Family Office Initiative. And I sit on about 10 different boards, both public and privately held. Oh, very cool. We, we just hired a digital marketing firm and the founders, a uh, Stanford MBA grad. Brilliant, brilliant gentleman. We're going to be excited to work with him soon. So that's great. One thing I, I want to talk about is, so my background is real estate. How I got into a private jet charter is basically representing Fortune 100 companies at the sea level and helping them expand their real estate footprint all over the country. And so I flew private a lot and wanted to figure out myself how to kind of get into it. And so I've worked with family investment groups before, uh, whether it's a startup re retail tenant, if you will, or maybe a restaurant group. Um, so I know they like to be nimble. I know they fly around a lot if they can privately. And is that something that you, you see as well with your clients? Is kind of, I'm kind of curious how they 
real estate wise, um, I guess I'll say on that topic, how they move around and, and look at investments and whatnot. You talking specifically about how people who invest in real estate, how they utilize jets for that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. For example, if I was, I used to work with one of the largest re- retailers in the country and we would, we need to approve sites. So we would see five or six sites a day. And you can only do that privately, you know, hopping from one city to the next. And that was specifically for re- real estate, if you will. Yeah. I look, I mean, at the end of the day, Warren Buffett is a, you know, very frugal. He's obviously extraordinarily wealthy, but he's extremely frugal, lives in the same house he lived in for you know, 45 years, has a car for 20 years. And the only thing he spends money on is travel. And it's just, it, it's not to do with that. He likes the, the luxury of a jet. He's like, it just saves time. And at the end of the day, the most valuable thing we have is our time. And what this does, it's hard to quantify like how much, when people look at it and say, well, you know, it's going to cost you X number of dollars and that's twice of a first class or however they look at the metrics, you can't value your time. And if you're fairly busy and, you know, fairly active, you can't put a dollar price on it. So I think that private air, I, I think it's going to pick, I think it's going to continue to pick up and more and more people will realize as the baby boomers start to age and you see more wealth moving up, moving downstream to me, Yes, it's nice to be in a beautiful plane, but it's it's the time that makes the difference. That pays for it in and of itself. That's exactly right. So, if we, so for example, I used to work with uh, you know Barnes and Noble, and they were doing eighty stores a year, and the CEO would want to see every single store. Well, he didn't want to be out for a week, so we could literally uh, fit in fifteen to twenty cities in three days. He could be back in New York in the office doing what he needs to do. So I get it. It's definitely the time thing. So aside from the time component. I'm curious when, uh, are there any other, like when you engage a private jet charter company, I don't know if it's either a jet card service or fractional ownership or an air, an air broker, um, what are the expectations that you and your clients expect, you know, from the second you pick up that phone and make that call to, to line one up? That it's seamless. That basically we arrive at the airport, we get on the plane, plane takes off on time, Everything works. People are there, courteous, land on time, and do the same drill coming back. So it's not really complicated. It's just basically a way to get from point A to point B without any issues. So it's interesting. So there's a, there are three ways to fly, right? There's a fractional ownership where you pay for you know uh, for part ownership in, in certain number of jets, and then you prepay your flight hours and your guaranteed flights whenever you need them. And then there's also the jet card scenario, which is similar. It's not fractional ownership but membership fee in lieu of, lieu of the ownership. And that before COVID, that was about 52% of the market. The other 48% were air brokers, which are, I guess I like to say old and antiquated, not really automated and whatnot, which is where I myself saw, saw the, the end for, our, for, for the company I started. But be that as it may, do, do you and your clients, do you prefer the fractional ownership in JetCard or you like working with brokers? I've heard different answers. It's just, I'm curious what, what you think, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I can't really speak on behalf of everybody, but um, I, I think it really depends. I think, you look, know, from this is not an industry that, you know, I really understand well from how the economics work, um, nor do I really care to. Um, I just want to be able to get from point A to point B, and I just want it to be hassle-free and easy. So to me, whether it's, a, you know, if I'm saving a little money on doing a card or doing a program or prepaying, it's not really that relevant. The, the most important thing is really it saves me time. 
And that, again, that's something, if you pencil it out, I mean, it, it doesn't, it never makes sense to own a jet, right? If you, to own it outright, um, if you just pencil it out. But if you factor in how valuable is your time, it changes the economics. I'm not right, nor am I wrong. I just, that's the lens through which I look at the world. No, I understand. So you don't really see a difference between the fractional ownership model, the jet card model, and then the air broker model. I'm not knowledgeable enough. I'm sure one is better than the other. I'm not knowledgeable enough to, to know the answer. All I know is that they work. Got it. Yeah, I don't know if one's better than the other. It's just, I think people have different preferences, right? It's like if you you buy a condo and own it, like an airplane, or then you, you rent it out or you don't rent it out. It's, it's similar. It's just a different, you know, it's a different uh, value, different dollar amount, obviously. But conceptually, I think it's kind of the same thing. Or you don't like doing either of those and you just kind of, you know, at will or a la carte rent the plane if you need it, which is kind of the air broker model, if you will. Interesting. So you yourself, I'm curious, do you use private jet charter more for, I think I know the answer to this based on our, our uh, last few minutes together, more for private use, personal use, or more for business use or both? So I use it personal, personally more for business. More for business. Because before COVID, it was about 80% business, 20 personal. During COVID, it flipped to, four, uh, to 30, 70 and then industry experts are now saying it's going to be about 60% business and 40% leisure or personal because it's really ramped up because people really don't want to deal with the airports and the, the lawn check-ins and whatnot because of COVID, obviously. Um, so there's been more, more money being, being spent in here. Interesting. So then do you work with like any of your clients, you travel with them or is it all kind of separate, if you will? Like you do your thing, they do theirs. Yeah, it, it's more, you know, my clients are all over the world. So, you know, typically if I'm traveling to somewhere, I'm traveling solo and they're traveling and I might meet them somewhere, but it's travel alone. Okay, got it. As far as like types of aircraft, are there specific ones that you like, specific ones you don't like? I've heard a lot of that. To me, it's not that relevant. Again, I'm not looking at it. Who has the nicest seats and who has the biggest cabin? I, to me, it's just a question of time and time is, time is money and uh, if they can get me from point A to point B, I'm not really too concerned. As long as they're reasonably comfortable, I'm fine flying anything. Got it. So what, yeah, I assume you've flown personally, even though you do more for business. Correct. Uh, okay. So what, what was kind of, what was kind of your, fa your favorite trip that you've been on uh, destination wise privately? Just took a trip actually to, I'm an investor on the board of a, a bourbon company up in Kentucky. We literally just took, it was like an hour trip, but literally um, we uh, wheels up in Chicago at like seven in the morning, wheels down in um, Louisville at eight. And then, you know, you park your car there. And then we did for a day, we toured our, toured our investment, came back, wheels up at seven in the morning, wheels down at eight in Chicago. So it was just seamless and uh, just so much more efficient. I, I flew commercial yesterday. I was at a uh, conference and, you know, by the time you get to the airport, even with TSA and all this stuff, you have to get to the airport a little bit early. There's always or typically some delays. There's lines. It's just a hassle. Again, it's not that big of a deal. It's a good problem to have, you know, it's a good problem to have. But at the end of the day, you know, if you, if you try to quantify how valuable is your time, I think you look at things with a different metric than you do. Um, because if you just pencil it out, you can always just fly first class and private doesn't necessarily make sense. But when you factor in account how valuable your time is, private in many instances makes more sense. So have there, have there been like specific transactions you're working on that literally you were able to complete due to the fact that you were nimble enough to hop on a private jet and go, go get it done? Sure. 
Because if you're, you know, look, like private equity guys, if you're looking at five different places in one day and, you know, different states in the Midwest, there's no way logistically you could do that commercial or else you're going to get one delay or two delays. And if that that happens, it screws up the rest of your itinerary. So for things like that, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, that's what I used to do all the time. It was great. I still travel a lot myself. I travel so much. I'm lucky, fortunate enough to be like the top levels, whatever they're, you know, American and United um, commercial, but there's still nothing like, it's just easy, like you said, for private to get the job done and kind of get back. So when, when you're when you're booking, is it you or is it your personal assistant who's actually doing the booking of the plans? I'll have my personal assistant take care of that. Yeah, because we, we found in our, in our new business, we're about 50-50 on that. It's interesting. Some people are very much into, like I asked you, what planes you like there there are some people who are like i only fly these two planes or i'll fly anything but these two and they don't want to trust anyone else to do it but themselves there's other people have the same wants and needs but they assign it to or ask their assistant to get it done for them as well it's interesting how many times do you uh, travel privately a year uh it's hard to say um you know with covid it, i right, didn't changed didn't travel that much but um once or twice a month and then do you, do you, do you fly, you said you have clients all over the world, so you fly internationally? Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Do you do that more jet uh, jet charter or more commercial air? Kind of combination. I mean, if it's international, it's a combination. What I did for 32 years, I traveled the same way. I did for the exact same reason. It's five cities, six cities in a day, get your approvals done. You'll go back to work and you keep moving. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Ryan, very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you all for joining the Jetmetric podcast today. We hope you all learned a little, maybe became a bit smarter, and maybe, just maybe, you're now at Jet Center, or at least on your way to be. The Jetmetric podcast is brought to you by Airbook One, where booking private jet charters has never been easier with guaranteed pricing, a high-end flight concierge team, and a super cool app. Check out Airbook One at www.airbookone.com and on both the Apple app and Google Play stores. This podcast can be found at www.jetmetricpodcast.com and of course, at the Airbook One homepage. Have a great day. And until next time on the Jetmetric Podcast, read, learn, and fly. See y'all later. <laughs>